Illegal, unreported, and unregulated fishing depletes fish stocks, reduces biodiversity, and threatens food security. It destroys marine habitats, distorts competition, puts honest fishers at disadvantage, and weakens coastal communities, particularly in developing countries. According to the Food and Agricultural Organization of the United Nations, IUU fishing represents up to 26 million tons of fish caught annually. Surprisingly, a significant proportion of operators are insured. Guard is proud to be one of the insurance companies piloting a tool created for the marine insurance sector to assess in real time the risk of IUU fishing in their insurance portfolio as well as prospects. The Ocean Risk and Resilience Action Alliance is leading the project. I spoke with Lindsay Getchell about the Vessel Viewer tool and what it will do to increase transparency around fishing vessel activities. Lindsay Getchell, welcome to On Watch. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So um, we're going to talk today about the vessel viewer tool to get insurers involved in attacking the pernicious problem of illegal, unreported, and unregulated fishing, IUU fishing. Now, I want you to um, just tell me a little bit about the Ocean Risk and Resilience Action Alliance. That's such a mouthful. I know. (laughs) Um, yeah, so uh, we just call it Aura for short. Um, so Aura was uh, founded in 2019, um, and we are a cross-sector alliance of governments, including uh, G7 countries like the U.S., the U.K., um, Canada, um, bringing these actors together with private sector actors, particularly in the finance and insurance space. So we have members uh, such as AXA. Uh, Deutsche Bank, Bank of America, WTW, um, Swiss Re, um, with civil society and academic uh, actors as well. Um, And the uh, idea of war is really to bring together the expertise and the knowledge and the resources of all of these different sectors to be able to develop innovative solutions uh, that build resilience uh, against ocean-related and climate-related risks in coastal communities. Um, So we have a focus on uh, working across all of these sectors to to drive resilience uh, with the aim of um, uh, driving $500 million of investment into coastal and marine nature-based solutions that build resilience um, by 2030. So a real focus on on helping vulnerable communities, building resilience in vulnerable communities and leveraging ecosystems and nature to to do that. Um, And this project on illegal fishing obviously sort of fits into that as IUU fishing is a uh, a really important and detrimental um, ocean risk multiplier. Um, it has uh, detrimental impacts on uh, coastal communities, and that's why we're we're working with our, our insurance partners as well as our partners, Global Fishing Watch and TM Tracking, to develop this tool that can help uh, insurance actors be a key player in addressing this issue. Okay, well let's um, let's look at IUU fishing itself, so we can get uh, a background before talking about the tool. Now I can understand illegal and unreported. Uh, in other words, you're um, fishing outside of your license. You uh, may overfish. The uh, you could be retaining non-permitted species. 
You could be using banned gear, fishing in a closed area, fishing during a closed season, and many other uh, variations. But tell me what you really mean by, or what is really meant by, unregulated fishing. Yeah, it's a it's a good question. It's sort of the the more ambiguous U of the IUU fishing. Um, so un- unregulated fishing is essentially um, fishing in areas that don't have fisheries management um, systems in place. So essentially fishing in areas that are unregulated. This is obviously detrimental to the sustainable management of fisheries. If you're fishing in places that that don't have any management systems in place, there's no way to know sort of how much fish is being taken out, uh, where that is going, um, and how to manage those fisheries sort of going forward. And there's, you know, a lot of different sort of mechanisms in place where fisheries are managed and, and um, both in terms of sort of national waters as well as on the high seas, but there are still big gaps, particularly in the high seas, on where you could be fishing, uh, both in a geography that's unregulated, as well as for a specific fish species that might not have management or regulations um, attached to it. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about uh, impact. Now, Mm -hmm. I know that there's been a figure that I've seen that IUU fishing has a $20 billion impact on the global economy, and that's annually. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a major financial impact, uh, but also there's um, obviously an environmental impact and an impact on um, people. So can can we talk a little bit about some of these impacts? Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the the trickiest things about IUU fishing and, and illegal fishing is how non-transparent the the sort of fishing industry is. Um, so as you said, it's estimated that, you know, up to $20 billion, um, you know, IUU fishing costs uh, the global economy $20 billion annually. Um, it's also, also estimated that around uh, 20% or one in five fish of the global fish catch is caught illegally. Um, so there's obviously, um, yeah, it's this is a big issue. Um, and as you said, it has very clear economic consequences, both in terms of the the global economy, but um, also more specifically in the areas where illegal fishing is taking place and um, harming the the local economies of uh, countries that are not seeing that revenue come into their ports. Um, you know, fish uh, ships coming in and fishing in their waters, but then, leaving and taking that catch elsewhere. Um, That's obviously lost revenue for those countries, Um, as well as impacts on, you know, other fishers, uh, particularly legal fishers or small scale fishers as well. Let's talk about uh, sort of environmental um, impacts. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously, if you're, um, you know, taking fish out that it, at unsustainable levels, then you have you know collapse and less uh, biodiversity. But mm-hmm. what are some of the other um, environmental impacts of IOU fishing? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's sort of the the main one. I mean, the inability to be able to sustainably manage fish stocks um, obviously has an impact on on fisheries in the ocean. Um, I think the the UN estimates that about 90% of ocean fisheries are uh, either fully or over over exploited or depleted. Um, so ocean fisheries are already sort of at their uh, capacity limit, if that makes sense. Um, and so not being able to 
understand or track how many fish are being taken out undermines the ability to manage that, uh, manage those fisheries into the future. And as you said, this has impacts on biodiversity of, of fisheries, um, the health of the ocean. Um, and then, of course, that has knock on effects back to the economic sector and to the food security of communities. Um, you know, if these ocean fisheries are collapsing and unable to provide um, communities with uh, sustainable sources of uh, livelihoods or even food, um, that that's obviously detrimental to their economic and food security on top of obviously those environmental impacts um, to the ocean. And I guess one uh, impact that I've been thinking about that uh, I don't see mentioned quite so prominently in some of the literature is also the discarded and lost uh, gear, including um, mm -hmm. fishing nets, which is, you know, ghost fishing. So you've got these nets floating out there that are still catching fish and other uh, ocean wildlife. If you've got uh, irresponsible fishing going on, then my guess is that there's probably more irresponsible um, plastic management as well. Yeah, exactly. It's all sort of uh, connected in terms of how how we use the ocean and uh, um, uh, sadly sort of what we discard into the ocean. I think one of the statistics I've seen, it's uh, about 10% of marine litter is fishing equipment. Um, and as you say, sort of uh, illegal fishers, actors that are maybe not supposed to be doing what they're supposed to be doing or fishing with equipment that they're not supposed to be fishing with um, are more likely to you know, discard that equipment or um, get rid of it, throw it overboard, um, which or just keep, you know, not keep good track of where it is and what it's doing and the, the impacts of that um, on the environment. And, you know, this this also comes back to the, the type of fishing equipment that um, illegal fishers are using. Um, there's there's some types of, of fishing that are, um, or fishing techniques that are not allowed, that are banned, um, and particularly uh, bottom trawling, which um, results in you know, a lot of bycatch and the, the catch of species or marine mammals even that um, you know, we shouldn't be catching and can be very detrimental to the, the biodiversity. So using those types of fishing equipment and then discarding them, you know, it's sort of a knock-on effect of you're already unsustainably fishing, but then you're also discarding the equipment causing further environmental damage. I think also, um, you know, on the horizon or being implemented are reporting requirements, uh, as well as um, some technological solutions by geotagging uh, fishing nets and things like this. And I think if, as those come in, um, it's less likely that uh, those who are illegally fishing are going to be using those um, and also reporting lost nets and things like that. So again, I think it makes it uh, even more difficult to to manage some of the literate, litter issues. So. Let's talk about what, you know, insurance has to do with all this. You know, I, I did see you speak at the um, IUMI conference in September in Chicago, and I was a bit shocked that some of these uh, fleets that are doing this are insured. But can you can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the the idea for this project on um, sort of leveraging insurance as a mechanism to deter illegal fishing um, really comes back to the 
the scale of IUU fishing as a problem um, and the fact that, you know, there are regulations, there is monitoring and enforcement being done uh, by countries and by other actors to, um, you know, catch illegal fishers or to prevent them from landing their catches at port or making it more difficult to land their catches at port. But it's a very complex and difficult issue to address by one sector alone. And so this is why we started looking into, you know, how can the private sector and specifically the insurance sector play a role in um, uh, deterring and disincentivizing actors from engaging in illegal fishing. This comes back to the idea that, you know, IUU fishing in essence is a business activity. Um, People engage in illegal fishing because it's profitable. Um, they don't necessarily see the risks um, or the costs of engaging in illegal fishing. And so, you know, shifting that cost benefit analysis and in particular through the insurance sector uh, by removing access to insurance for these vessels, um, you know, that makes it more difficult for them to transfer their financial risks, um, hopefully shifting that cost benefit analysis um, and therefore disincentivizing engaging in this activity. And I think it's also important, important to note that, uh, you know, for insurance companies, there's not only sort of this, uh, you know, angle of, you know, how can we be a part of deterring illegal fishing, which is important from sustainability, uh, sustainability and economic governance perspective, um, but it's also good for, for business, for insurers, um, in terms of making sure these, these bad actors you know, aren't on your books, aren't in your um, fishing portfolios um, because insurance or uh, because IU fishing actors, you know, they're more likely to engage in other types of bad behavior, potentially leading to uh, higher risk of claims, potentially fraudulent claims. Uh, they expose uh, their insurers to legal uh, liabilities as well as reputational liabilities. So, the idea is that we've developed this tool, um, Aura, with Global Fishing Watch and TMT um, to be able to help insurers do that, to help them understand the types of fishing vessels that are in their portfolios, the types of clients that are looking to get insurance from them, particularly looking at uh, their risk of engaging in illegal fishing. Uh, because, as you said, it's it's kind of a shocking statistic that of uh, vessels that have been found to be illegally fishing, 48% of them have insurance. Um, so there, there, there's clearly ways that these vessels are finding ways to get insurance, even, you know, not necessarily sort of unknown by uh, insurance companies. So how can we sort of help improve due diligence, help improve risk assessments, and uh, make sure that these vessels aren't getting insurance? Well, I'm really pleased to say that Guard is involved in the pilot project with this uh, tool. Um, but let's uh, let's jump right in there. Tell me what mm -hmm. it is and what it does. Yeah, so we, um, uh, Aura with uh, Global Fishing Watch and TMT, so we've been supported by the, the Gordon and Betty Moore Foundation to develop this tool, Vessel Viewer, um, which provides uh, data and insights on uh, fishing vessels and fishing support vessels to be able to provide insurers a clearer picture or a more holistic picture of uh, fishing vessel clients and their likelihood um, of engaging in um, IUU fishing. 
so what the tool does, you can you can go onto the tool and you can search for uh, a vessel, um, you know, a vessel that is currently a client or perhaps uh, a vessel that is, uh, you know, seeking insurance from from your company. Um, and then the tool um, sort of churns out data on the vessel's identity, activity at sea. Um, so this is where the uh, vast databases of Global Fishing Watch and TM Tracking are, are so important. Um, so TM Tracking has uh, very extensive data on um, vessel identity. Um, they are uh, the organization that, com uh, that compiles the combined IUU fishing vessel blacklist. So these are all of the vessels that have been officially blacklisted for IUU fishing. Um, and then Global Fishing Watch um, has a ton of data on uh, vessel activities at sea, um, primarily through AIS data as well as some um, VMS data. Um, and so by combining this identity data with activity data, um, it provides sort of a clear picture of the vessels you're looking to ensure. Um, and then the sort of key part of this is being able to align that data with risk indicators on illegal fishing. So we know that, you know, not all underwriters are obviously experts in the, the area of illegal fishing, and we, we don't expect them to be. They have, uh, you know, a lot on their plates and, you know, they often don't have a lot of time. And so we've developed these risk indicators to highlight potential um, uh, activities or characteristics of vessels that are more likely to be um, associated with illegal fishing. Um, so this is things like obviously being on a officially listed IUU blacklist. Um, so if a vessel appears on one of those, we flag it as a, uh, a red indicator, um, as a vessel that you should hopefully not be insuring um, because they've been officially, uh, you know, they've been essentially caught illegally fishing. Um, but then there's this, this gray area of um, how do you how can you sort of fill out the picture of whether a vessel's been potentially engaged in IU fishing even though even if they haven't been officially blacklisted? Um, and this comes through with some of our risk indicators on where they've been fishing, if they've turned off their AIS, if they've been fishing in or near marine protected areas, um, if they've changed their their name or their flag frequently. These are all potential indicators of uh, illegal activity. Um, you know, we like to say sort of, you know, these yellow indicators are not necessarily uh, signs of illegal activity. There's perfectly valid reasons that a vessel could be turning off its AIS uh, as just one example. Um, but the idea is that by able by being able to sort of piece together this data puzzle and create a, a better picture of these vessels, um, we can identify sort of areas where an underwriter might want to take a closer look um, at a vessel that they're looking to insure um, and make sure that they are, you know, engaging in good behavior. And if they're not, um, then not proceeding uh, with insurance for that vessel. And I think, uh, you know, the pilot is to sort of test these indicators for the uh, those who those insurers who are involved in the pilot, which is what um, my boss uh, Maria Schoenberg is is doing, and then give feedback to you um, and receive feedback from you, so we can kind of have a better idea of what this picture is really uh, showing. So 
Um, this pilot is running until when? Yeah, so uh, we we launched the pilot phase at, at Ayumi uh, in September. Um, and so, as you said, we're running this pilot phase now to, to get the feedback directly from insurers um, in terms of how they can use this tool in practice, how does it inform their decisions uh, or fill data gaps that they might be seeing in, um, in you know, their current tools and platforms, um, and then feeding that back to us and uh, helping us understand how we can then improve the tool. Um, so we're running the pilot phase um, now through the end of um, uh, February next year. Um, and so we're looking for insurers um, like Guard. We're, we're really excited to have Guard on board to, to pilot this tool um, uh, to um, provide us feedback. And then after February, we'll be taking that feedback, integrating it into the tool, and then presenting a final version of the tool uh, over the summer next year. Excellent. Um, so, Lindsay, if if uh, one of our listeners wants to learn more about this uh, project and this tool, is there a website they can go to? Yes. Um, so you can go to uh, Aura's website, so OceanRiskAlliance.org, um, where you can find some more information about the project on our uh, project webpage. Um, you can also email us at um, secretariat at oceanriskalliance.org if you're interested in finding out more about the pilot. Um, we've had uh, some really great feedback so far from the insurance companies that are currently doing the pilot. We have, um, I think it's now around 12 or 13 companies uh, piloting the tool, which is very exciting. Um, and uh, we have probably another 10 to 15 more companies that have expressed interest and we're getting in the process of getting them signed up. So we've had a really great response so far and sort of shows the, the interest, I think, um, you know, both from sort of the sustainability perspective of being able to address this issue, but also how much or how the, uh, the importance of sort of the business case, um, why this is important for insurers, um, as a business to be engaging and making sure that their their clients aren't engaged in illegal fishing. So, yes, you can learn more on our website. Uh, we definitely want as many companies as possible to uh, to work with us on piloting the tool. Um, the more feedback we can get, um, the better. That um, helps us on to be able to understand um, how the tool can work for you as insurers and be developed with your insights so that um, it can hopefully be a tool that can be used um, in the long term uh, going forward. Well, we're, again, very pleased to be part of the pilot, um, and I think it's a great project. So, Lindsay, as one American, I'm living here in Arendal, Norway, to another American who's living in uh, London, England, I'd just like to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Oh, thank you. You too. <laughs> <laughs>